I'm ready. I am ready. It's episode 129. I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, but we talk real church matters because real church matters. It always will. Even when I don't understand it, even when I don't get why it matters, it always will matter to me. I love that. I hope you're having a good day. I wouldn't go another week without doing a podcast. That would be crazy. But with that being said, let's get to housekeeping. Realchurchmatters.com is real simple. On there, you can uh, subscribe to Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. You can listen on Spotify if that's where you listen. Or you could just listen on the website. Search through the episodes. It's... it's uh, rather easy now shout out to everyone who listens uh for those who give via patreon i'm so appreciative if you're interested in giving you like you know what it's the holidays i want to help Forrest out in his ministry and what he has been tasked to do i want to support his obedience it's never been easier patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash real church matters and uh yeah i thank so much to people that give uh, i hope this is always a blessing to you um what else oh, what else is there yeah i'm ready um yeah thank you thank you for all who listen uh shout out to erica who was on the last one gotta have you back shout out to my college kids shout out to ameris uh shout out to errol shout out to all the young people who uh, listen to what I say and uh, it resonates with them. I, I totally appreciate when the seeds are being planted and they're receiving it and uh, growing thereby. With that being said, it's obedience over audience, always and forever. Let's get to it. So, in this episode, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about a, a subject from a message I just preached. It's called Behind Enemy Minds. And yes, it's a play on words. Why would you think there would be anything else but a play on words? That usually sums up what I do. Uh, but we're just coming from Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. And... I'm going to just talk this through. I, I really feel like this was something I, I should share with as many people as I can. Um, so let's just read the scripture and jump into it. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And so there's a bunch of stuff just in that one scripture. And so the first thing I want you to understand is what a carnal mind is. A carnal mind is one that has set its self on itself when you focus on you when you're focused on your desires when you're focused on your emotions how you feel when you're focused on how you experience the world through those feelings and through your understandings that's a carnal mind he's saying that that type of person is always hostile against god and you may say, well, I'm not hostile against God. I love God. But really, you will notice that if you don't like 
his word. You really don't like him since he is his word. He literally said that in the beginning was the word. So before there was this identity that you attribute to God, there was only his word, which he says is him. And so everything that you say you have as far as a relationship with God is called into question when you don't mimic or mirror the same way you feel about God to his word. See, he says this carnal mind, this mind is always focused on itself, is hostile against God, against his word, against the way he thinks. You can wear the wristband that says, what would Jesus do? But when you realize what Jesus does and did and will forever do, and it just at every facet of your life, biometrically, physiologically, mentally, it goes against what you believe truly, truly what you believe. Now, some people are in denial. And I'll say this, that the reason why I'm preaching this message is that in, you have to get behind the, the, the mind that you're in. You got to get an understanding of the mind that you're in before you even could come to an understanding or awareness that you are actually opposed to God because you don't you don't submit to that reality immediately. Neither did I. I thought that the minute I walked in the church and the minute I gave my life to Christ that I was cool with God. I thought that uh I, because I love the Bible stories and because I engaged in church that I was cool with God. But I didn't realize when I really broke it down how much I didn't like God because I didn't like what he was saying. Not to me, through me, not to me, through others. I didn't like what I was hearing. It was coming against what I felt because my mind was still carnal. My mind was still focused on me. My mind was still engaged with me. And so as long as that's the case and I'm hostile against God, I have to come to a reality that I can't please him. And that's what it says in verse uh, eight. It says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't please him. But let's go a little further. What this hostility causes, this hostility causes us to not submit to God's word. That's why it says, for it is not subject to the law of God. A subject also means the word submit. It, it is not subject. Our minds are not subject to the things of God. Even when our bodies are subject to the things of God. There are so many people who have subjected themselves. It, it, it's torture really. But you've subjected yourself to church. But your mind isn't subject to God. And there you'll always find this push-pull. This this conflict within you this fight within you because at the end of the day you not really into God like you think you are because you're still into you the other thing is that we have to realize that I'm not telling you this as if it's something that you can be in and I'm it's an opinion and I'm not telling you this like it's something you can overcome. As long as you're overcoming yourself, there is no way to overcome it to please God. That's why he says, he says, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Well, what he's saying is, is that it is beyond it is it is in, in it is an impossibility 
for you to submit yourself to God's word when you are submissive to your way. I mean, if you're taking notes, there you have it. If you're listening, you don't need to take notes. Just hit the little circle that says has a circle and then it's 15 inside of that. That'll bump you back 15 seconds. Listen to that again. If you're in your way, there is no way you cannot have your God and yourself too. You can't walk in that way. It, it, it won't allow you to. So once we realize these fundamental impossibilities, we have one option. Either we serve ourselves or we serve God. You can't occupy both of those spaces because one allows you to serve God and the other there is no way you can serve him there is no way so let's go a little more behind this carnal mind I want to I want to make sure you understand this carnal mind in in the way that it should be I'm gonna tell you I'm going forward and in the in the 2020s I really think that you know I'm a push to to finish it like 30 minutes I'm not going to go on and on. All right. So wherefore God also gave them up. And, and I'm in Romans chapter one, verse 24 through 31. And in verse 24, he says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, uncleanness, what? Through the lust of their own hearts. He's letting you know the reason why this mind is so hostile towards God is because of the lust of its heart. A carnal mind that is set on its flesh is a mind that is set on its desires, its lust. There's things that you want, even when they seem innocent and benign, because you want them and not God wants them. And, and some of you may say, well, you know, Forrest, that sounds so unreasonable. But nobody told you to serve God. Is it unreasonable when you go to your workplace and they tell you that you can't have tattoos on your face or you can't have your hair a certain way? Is it really unreasonable? Is it unconstitutional when you are submitting yourself to someone else's business, trying to partner in their business, trying to partake of the money that, that comes and flows through their business? And then you want to tell them how you want to act and how you want to dress and how you want to look like it's your business. That's crazy. And then, you know, you can get the ACLU involved and you can say they can't fire me under these false pretenses. But at the end of the day, if you don't like rules, serve your rules, do your thing. But as long as you say you serve God and really, I'm that's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to people who are interested in serving God and I'm trying to help you serve him in a proper way. The way that you need to serve him. You, well, you know how you need to serve him? This is how you need to serve him. You need to serve him without any interest in anything but his happiness, his desires, his way. And we say the word his, but I hate to do it now because some of you have such such a a, a, a disdain for certain genders, especially the male persuasion. And, and to personify God as his in, in that way is is kind of a, it kind of lessens who God is. God is not a gender. 
we attribute a masculine tense um, to him because that's how uh, it allows people to write and, and to clearly discuss God um, in, in a certain fashion. But you got to understand he is not masculine in the sense of gender. Uh, so so when we say he and his, I'm uh, you know, he's God. There's God. It's God, whatever you want to say, but you better understand God is, is beyond your understanding of humanity. He is beyond your understanding of gender. He is beyond your understanding of people you've dealt with. They do not don't attribute their attributes to who God is. You may have had issues with your father, but God is not like your physical father. He is your heavenly father and he moves in a different way. And so understand, well, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. Our hearts are dirty. The minute we are operating by the lust of our hearts, we are in uncleanness. There is nothing redeemable about this mind of ours. We have to understand that from the get. He says they gave them to the lust of their own hearts. What happens when we're in this carnal place where we are set our hearts on our desires is that we dishonor our bodies. With ourselves and between others, we dishonor things that, that don't belong to us. The reason it is, is dishonorable. You got to understand the context. The reason it's dishonorable is because it doesn't belong to you. You cannot dishonor what you own. Isn't that beautiful? You can't dishonor what you own. But the reason it's dishonorable is because the owner finds it dishonorable. It is not your body to do anything with. And so when you commit your body to your lusts, you are disown dishonoring your your God and your body because the owner wants you to commit your body to his desire, not yours. So that's the first thing, our carnal mind. The reason why we are so hostile towards God is because he doesn't match up with our lust. Because he he doesn't see honor and dishonor the same way as us. You see yourself as honoring yourself and God sees it as dishonoring him. You see yourself as pleasuring yourself and pleasuring others. And God sees it all as dishonor. He is not pleased by it. what pleases you don't please him. This is the situation we're in. He said the second thing that happens with these carnal minds is we change the truth of God into a lie. We take what God has has created as true. And we're going to get into this because when we start talking about truth, once again, we act like we know what's true as it filters through what feels right to us. Truth is not according to what feels right to you. Truth is according to what is true. God is true. So everything that he is pleased with, everything he finds good and acceptable is true. And so when you change the truth of God into a lie, how does that happen? That happens when I take his truth and bend it to my desire. When I take his truth and bend it to my reason. When I take his truth and bend it to my understanding. There's things that people are doing, they get so frustrated. They're like, minister, I don't... I don't think the same way as you. That's the problem. 
Minister, I don't move the same way as you. That's the problem. Minister, we're entitled to our own opinions, are we? That sounds dishonorable to me. Am I entitled to my own opinion? And if you so desire your own opinion, why are you trying to connect God's truth with it? Why can't your opinion stand on its own? Why do you try to bend God's truth to your lie so that you can validate your lie is true? That's the crazy thing with, with you know, the people, like the homosexuals. That's the crazy thing with people who come, uh, form these different denominations. That's the crazy thing with debating people. I can't debate you. I don't care how you feel. Hi, listeners. Guess what? Forrest don't care how you feel. You know what I care about? God's word, his truth. And if your, your truth resonates with what I understand to be God's truth, then amen. But if it doesn't, amen too. I'm not going to sit and argue with you. I just can't. Because once I see you're in the flesh, I realize the flesh can't please God. And therefore, I bet not get in my flesh because flesh is contagious, folks. So I bet not get in my flesh because one thing I don't want to do is become fleshly, too, because then I'm not pleasing God. I'm learning a lot more to just be still, I'm learning a lot more to just be quiet. I'm learning a lot more to just speak the truth, shake the dust off my feet and keep it rolling. People hate that, by the way. But it's all it's not it's not because they hate you. I'm starting to realize when you reflect God to a person in a carnal mind, there's going to be hostility against you. We ain't talking about haters. Y'all talk about people that hate you just because you got something they don't. I'm talking about people that hate you because you serve a God they won't. Hmm. Man. <laughs> oh boy. This is fun. This is fun. I'm 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 sparring right now. Like I'm getting ready for 2020, guys. Like I, I already been doing it, but I'm about to do it even more. I'm not slowing down one bit. There's truth to be told. There's people's lives to be changed. I see God working on people. I see him swinging the axe. I see him cutting the roots. I see him doing what he always promised he would do. And because of that, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to walk in the carnality of your heart. You can walk in the truth of God. You can please him. But you have to let one thing go. I'm going to tell you that here's the understanding. You have to master the art of letting go. Master it. And in the, in the midst of mastering the art of letting go, don't oh, come on now. Don't get rid of the art of holding on. He said, draw nigh unto God. He'll draw nigh unto you. He said, submit, resist the devil, and he'll flee. You got to let go and you got to hold on all at the same time. He said, they changed the truth of God to a lie because they tried to bend the truth to their desires. Use a lie. Your mind's a lie. How do we know our minds a lie? I'm going to tell you, it's as simple as that. I was talking to a young lady. She felt a way about a guy. She told the guy how she felt. The guy said he felt the same way too until the summer was over. He gets beyond the summer and all of a sudden he don't feel the same way no more. But she still feel the same way. And I asked her a simple question. Can you really trust feelings if feelings don't have no reason, no thought, no logic to them? 
Like your body still feels a way towards somebody clearly let you know they don't. And we can make it sound so cute like this unrequited love. And and I don't know why I feel this way. I'm going to tell you because feelings don't have no thoughts. Feelings can't guide you. They can just acknowledge where you're at. You need something in you that guides you. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us to all truth. Your feelings will never lead and guide you to all truth. They only let you know where you're located. You got to understand the GPS, it, it guides you to a destination. But some things don't guide you to a destination. It just lets you know where you are. See, your feelings are really just the mall map. The ball map, it lets you know where something is and it lets you know where you are, but it doesn't really give you turn by turn instructions on how to get there. That's why you see people standing, staring at that map for a long time. That's why you see people in midlife and quarter life crisis. They staring at the map of their life because they see what they want and they see where they are and they don't really understand how to get from point A to point B because point B is not really the destination of God's will and purpose for their life. Point B is just happiness. And let me tell you the tough thing about happiness. Happiness seems like it's always a short distance. But the destination, the location always changes up on you. And that's the unfortunate part is that we got to get into a place where we understand that, that, that Satan is only taking advantage of the reality that we, we are caught out there, caught out there in ourselves. And you know what he loves? He loves you and yourself. You and yourself puts you in the best position to be led astray. He's like, oh, you, you don't know where to go. You don't know where to go. Well, just trust your gut. Just trust your feelings. But that doesn't take us to where we need to be. God wants to take us where we need to be. And that's what you got to understand. The next thing is that we worship and serve the creator, the creature, more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. We worship and serve the creature more than the creator. That's what happens. That's why you can't submit to the laws of God. That's why you find yourself hostile towards God. You find yourself hostile towards him because you find nothing redeemable of creator. Even though he created what you worship and find redeemable. You want a man so bad. You want a man so bad. You want a man more than you want a God. And God created man. You want money so bad. You want money, but you don't want the God that is a provider and created all provision of every sort, including that note, that piece of paper that you find to be so precious and valuable. Oh, God didn't create money. OK, that's why Jesus was able to grab a fish and pull a coin, a gold coin out of the fish and hand it to them and say, pay Caesar with this. He, because God handles and controls provision. If you let him be your provider, can you get a coin on your own? Yes. But can you get it like God got it? No. What am I saying? I'd rather get a coin out of a fish than a coin out of my boss's hands. The way God does it is always ingenious. It's always miraculous. And it's always beyond our imagination. 
if you let them. Yeah, you can get money. Steve Jobs got money without God. Bill Gates got money without God. That's not the miracle. The miracle is when you let God provide for you out of no way at all. You let him provide for you where your skills couldn't. Let him provide for you where your intellect couldn't. Let him provide for you where your situation couldn't. Where your failures couldn't. <laughs> oh boy. I got to hold on to that one because we got to come back to that one. Because that, that's one of the secrets to success. I had a hard year with my business this year. And the only thing that I came to terms with is that I'm not in control. That when I say I want it on God's terms, I got to let God do it on his terms. I got to come to terms with God's terms. If you don't read your word, you don't understand God's terms. And so it's going to be hard for you to come to terms with God's terms and understand how he works. He's still pulling money out of fish's mouths, but it only matter to the person who is waiting on him. He's still putting uh, two fish and three loaves, whatever it is. He's still making more than enough out of something that looks like it's not enough. He's still doing it. But you'll never see it because your eyes are not focused on God. They're averted to what he has created. That's the carnal. Look at this. He said, for this cause gave them up. This cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. This is why I said they take the truth of God and turn it into a lie. The truth of God is even what he has created and deemed as good. He looked at man. He looked at woman. He put them together. He said, this is good. That made it truth. When you take and turn it and say man can look at man and desire man, then that's not God because that's not what God said was good. And if he didn't say it's good, then it's not true. And it's a lie. We can't prove that to people who are carnal. We got to stop trying to prove something to a world that's carnal. You can't prove to them. Tell me why it's a sin to be a homosexual. I can't. But I promise you this. If you actually stepped out of yourself and your desires for one second and sought, and sought God in the way you should and drew nigh to him in the way you should, he would draw nigh to you and you would be able to see the law of God. You will be able to see the truth of God and you would be able to receive it and submit to it. But because you in your flesh. You can't please God. You need to know what's going on. You need to get behind enemy minds and start to understand where you are, fal are faltering, where you are struggling, where you are missing the mark. There's some goodness there. There's some goodness in God. Why you hate him so much? Why you go to church, but you hate God because you resist his word. Why you go to church and praise the Lord, but when he talks of peace and love, you, you oppose it in your life. When he talks of humility and meekness, you oppose it in your life. When he talks of submission and service, you oppose it in your life. Why do you say you love God, but hate the essence of who he is? It's because your mind is really focused on you. 
And like I said in the beginning, you may serve God, but you're serving him in the wrong mind. And that is torturous. You are putting yourself through undue suffering because you're not taking on the true burden. You've burdened yourself with God instead of taking on God's burden. Man, that's episode 180. It wasn't 180. What am I talking about? That's episode 129, Behind Enemy Minds. I'm going to take my time and and share the next portion with you uh, next week. Y'all be blessed. It's important that you understand that God is looking to really take us to new interesting places this year if you believe that then stick with me because we're gonna go some interesting places make these short because i want y'all to rewind them i want you to hit replay i want you to say rewind selector i want you to really take time and listen to what god is trying to do in your life because if you let him he gonna really do something amazing Enforce all this real church matters. God bless.